Hello, welcome back to another podcast. This is your host, Miriam Khan at Raise Your Vibes. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope you're doing well. This is a podcast entitled Dealing with or Confronting Your Shadow Self. Now, not long back, I was using the term the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. Obviously, from a very, very famous film, Clint Eastwood film, attached with the beautiful side aspect as well. And it's all about looking at us as an individual and embracing the sides of us and our personalities and our character, our spirituality, our religious aspect, all the different dynamics, I guess, that make us, okay? But also, there's a side to us that is the shadow part as well. And sometimes we don't often realise that that needs looking at, that needs confronting, that needs analysing, it needs reflection. And we don't necessarily do that self-analysis, we don't do that self-reflection as much as we should do. Sometimes in our friendships, in our relationships, we come to a halt, we come to a pivotal point where something has to give, something has to change, something has to break, something has to, perhaps, you know, the doors have to close upon that chapter, or we move forward, or we go to the left, or we go to the right, or we do a U-turn, so to speak. Unfortunately, if people are unwilling to accept that they have a shadow part, and are unwilling to change their character, change their behaviours for the better, then sadly those relationships around us do fall apart, you know, because people have barriers, they have particular things in place that they're not willing to accept a mediocre response. They're not willing to accept someone who's going to be a pushover or rude or controlling, for example, okay? We all have parts of us, all of us have parts where we have a shadow self, you know, and a shadow self in analytical psychology is that part of us that sometimes we keep hidden, you know, and we keep it hidden for various reasons. And I'm got I'm going to go on to that as to why we do that. So firstly, where did this term shadow come from? Well, it came from a very famous psychologist called Carl Jung, who referred to it as this uncivilized, I guess, aspect of ourselves, um, aspects of us as an individual and aspect of our collectiveness within society. This particular shadow aspect can control us, it can dictate, it can, you know, be partly linked to the ego as well. In modern day society of 2021, that shadow aspect is within us, it's integrated and, you know, some of us are very, very uh, awoke, I guess, if we say that in a spiritual essence, and some of us are not, you know. If you're spiritually inclined or if you're into that sort of thing, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Some of us go about our daily lives every day. We have our routine, we pray, we uh, help our community, we look after our family, but we're not necessarily looking at the bigger picture. We're not necessarily connected to the divine being. You know, we're not necessarily connected. And that's fine. Everybody has their own particular journey in regards to spirituality. There's no right or there's no wrong aspect of that. But what I'm referring to is that aspect of us as the shadow that we don't necessarily focus on working and becoming better and perhaps shredding parts of us that don't equate to that particular situation or scenario anymore. Some of us are willing to do that work, you know, and some of us are not. So I can give you some scenarios of what I mean. You might be in a friendship where, you know, one particular friend, for example, 
is extremely religious, for example, in that friendship, and the other person is more spiritually inclined, still has the religious tendencies, but is making their own particular journey in regards to um, being more religious. And they're content, okay? They're content with their particular journey and they're content with the aspect of what they're doing. Now, the shadow self of the other individual, the one that's extremely religious, can't help but control or dictate or pressurize or, you know, basically um, say to the other individual in a very subconscious and unconscious way, they don't realize they're doing it sometimes, that the way that they're leading their life and the way that they're following their path is not right. And they do it in such a subtle way, um, but it's clear and it's obvious that it's coming from a place of control and it's coming from a place of dictatorship and it's coming from a place of, you know, you must do this, otherwise you will have to repent later on in life. And these individuals sometimes are following dogma, not necessarily the actual religious uh, aspect themselves, you know, each to their own, so to speak. But it's the fact that their shadow self cannot help but dictate. That's the main thing that I'm getting at. That's the main understanding I'm trying to get you to understand and relate to. It's those individuals that will do everything in their power to basically get you to comply, get you to conform, you know? And you might not necessarily want to do that. You might be happy as an individual. You might be happy in your decisions in your life. But the other individual who is, you know, probably and most likely struggling with aspects of their own character cannot help but dictate to you how you should be leading your life and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. Now, that, that can cause friction in that friendship and that relationship. It can cause tension. And in some cases, the friendship will end, you know. Um, but the other individual, the one that's extremely religious, understandably has not done the shadow work within themselves. Obviously, each case, each scenario is going to be different. The context of what I'm saying is it's quite clear that that individual has not worked on themselves, okay? And this is where things unfortunately break down. This is where unfortunately friendships end, you know, with scenarios like that. There are, of course, other aspects to the shadow self as well. You might have, you know, built up anger, built up frustration, built up annoyance of certain individuals that you've kept hidden for a long while Maybe you've not displayed that particular um, characteristic around people. Maybe you're someone who keeps that anger well hidden and you're someone who explodes at last minute, you know. But in order to have like a balanced aspect of yourself or a balanced uh, spectrum of yourself, sometimes it might be good to kindly and obviously in a therapeutic way, I'm not saying go around punching everyone, but sometimes it's good to vent, you know? It's good to let go of those initial things that frustrated you and do it in a polite way, obviously, and let go of some of that anger in a polite way and let yourself be filled with joy afterwards, you know? There has to be the harmony. There has to be the balance. There has to be the yin and the yang between those two particular scenarios and situations. Sometimes we have individuals that you'll meet across in your life who are consumed by their anger, who are consumed by that venomous behavior, you know?
they're consumed by resentment. They don't necessarily look at the goodness that's around them. Again, this is what I mean, that the shadow self takes over. There's no balance, there's no yin and there's no yang. They allow themselves to be, you know, taken over by that one particular resentment. Maybe it's something that drives them forward for whatever reason, whatever scenario, okay? We have other aspects as well within the shadow self. You might be somebody that is struggling with sadness, okay? Obviously, we all go through different stages of sadness. We have various stages of grief. We have various stages of bereavement, you know, and each of us will be dealing with that in our own different way, you know? But also, sometimes it's hard in those stages of sadness to enjoy joy, you know? You might have, um, you might be so caught up in your particular moment, in your particular spectrum of ideas that, you know, maybe there was a knock on the door and somebody that you really, really love, uh, you know, and care about and has a lovely personality that is so joyous comes to your door and you don't really take on board the fact that this individual has come to shed a little bit of light on uh, my life, you know. They've come to change my particular perspective and change my mindset or to help me look out of the box. And instead of focusing on that joy and thinking, wow, you know, that person's come in to my life, they've changed my atmosphere a little bit. No, the individual unfortunately goes back to shadow self. They keep focusing on that negativity. They keep focusing on that aspect that is driving them to the point where, you know, you're gonna have nobody around you because that's all you're obsessed with. So we have aspects of shadow self that are like that as well. I'm sure we can all relate to those particular types of scenarios, right? Now, the bit that concerns me is when people don't work on their shadow selves and they don't work on dealing with their emotions and their feelings and their resentments, whether that's through talking to a friend, whether it's to talking to their particular faith, um, whether it's talking spiritually to God, or whether it's just, you know, journaling something, I guess mind journaling, um, maybe in some scenarios they actually go and see a counsellor like myself, they go and see someone maybe more advanced, they maybe go and see a clinical psychologist, you know, and use that designated time to focus on them and their issues, you know. Some individuals do do that. They want to better themselves, they want to improve themselves, they want to work on um, aspects of themselves that they need improving, and they also want to be analytical. They want to look at the reasons why they made the choices that they did. It's a part of reflection when you go and ask for help and seek help and guidance. And those are the things that are going to strive people to go forward, you know, because you are changing your modes of behavior, you're changing your patterns of behavior. But as I said, not everybody does that. Some of us, unfortunately, stay stuck in those modes of behavior and we don't see what we're doing. We will keep blaming people around us. We'll keep instigating that they're the person that has caused us pain, caused us, you know, disharmony. But we don't take ownership of our shadow self, of what we've done as well. You know, we have to take up that responsibility. We also have to take up ownership. What is it about me? What have I done wrong in that scenario? Or why did I allow myself to take on that particular aspect? Why did I allow myself to go along with this particular predicament, even though I was not content with it and happy with it? And why am I now still blaming the other individual? 
when clearly I must take ownership as well of some of the things that I've done. So these are parts of shadow, you know, that we have to look at, okay? There are parts of shadow that we look at. I've taught many, 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 many teenagers over the years and young adults as well. And, you know, you'll find individuals getting themselves into trouble, whether it's with the law, whether it's with someone within um, the education establishment, whether it's with the parents. And people are very quick to blame someone else, you know? For example, I can recall um, a young um, individual caught joyriding a car. You know, they'd stolen a vehicle, they hotwired it, and, you know, the rest of the, the youths got into the vehicle. The person that was driving the car unfortunately crashed, caused quite a lot of issues. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Luckily, um, only, you know, certain p places were um, damaged, which could be fixed, understandably. But the main thing is that when the police did arrive on the scene, the other individuals in the car were very quick to blame the everything on the driver. Now, remember, it took free will for the other passengers to get in the car. It took free will for them to decide to stay in the car and to actually, you know, be part of joyriding when they knew full well what the law was and what the rules were. Okay, do you get what I mean? Some individuals will say, oh no, you know, um, they forced me to get into the car. They forced me to go ahead with this particular scenario. Well, how? Okay, don't get me wrong. I know there are scenarios where sometimes we have a strong leader. We have people that bully. We have people that groom, for example. We have people that intimidate. I get that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, you know, you also have to take ownership of yourself why did you get in the car why did you go ahead and go along with this particular situation knowing full well that this could be a potential implication you know some people obviously go for the thrill and there are you know um, implications of that so what is it about you and your shadow self in that particular predicament in that particular scenario that I've just talked about that made you go in the vehicle in the first place and what is it about you that you still need to work on do you need to work on your trust issues do you need to work on taking ownership of being a leader and saying yes i admit i was wrong i should not have been in a car that was stolen i should not have been in a car where i am putting myself and other people at risk you know and so on it's dealing with that shadow part were you doing it because you wanted to feel a thrill were you doing it because you wanted to be recognised, to be accepted, for people to notice you? Well, when the police turned up, you certainly got noticed. You know what I'm saying? So there are situations like that with our shadow self that we have to look at, you know? And these are parts of us that take quite a lot of sitting back, reflecting, and really looking back at those particular scenarios as to why we do the things we do. And it's only when we're really honest, you know, with ourselves that we can change. Some of us will change for the better. Some of us won't. It's all about us doing our own individual shadow work. When we're open and honest in regards to our shadow self, that's when we really can look at us and look at our behaviours and look at how we can hopefully evolve and move forward as an individual. Often when we're seeing things in others that we don't like, it's a shadow of ourselves. It's a reflection of us and it's a reflection of things 
that perhaps we need to change about us, things we're not happy about, you know? There are, of course there are, there are aspects of all of us that we're not happy about. And it's about being honest and being open and recognizing that and building on that and working on that. The main thing that um, as a counselor I see quite a lot and quite often is when individuals will keep blaming and blaming and blaming another individual for all the issues that are happening in their life. And by doing that, you know, again, you're not taking ownership of you. You're reflecting and defracting the issues away from yourself. And by doing that, you will never do your shadow work. And by doing that also, you'll never conquer those fears and you'll never conquer that aspect of yourself that needs work, that needs looking at. One of the things that I admire about people, and I've done it myself, I've had to sit back, I've had to do shadow work. I've had to have very hard, deep conversations with people that in my life cared about me. I had one particular friend, for example, who would always, always pull me up on my stuff. And I always appreciated that. I would rather somebody come up and say to me, hey, Miriam, you know, this, 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 and this isn't quite right. Um, why are you doing that? what is the reason and what can we do about it to change this is part of growing up it's part of you know going from youth into adulthood and mid-teens and so on but it's when we're in our adulthood stages that sometimes we're the most stubborn you know and we're the most fixed because we've got to a stage where we're happy with ourselves or so we think and we're not willing to change we're more stubborn you know and that's this is where some of the issues arise that we're so um, concerned with other individuals that will meddle in other people's business and other people's lives and we don't necessarily look at ourselves. And that is where sometimes the shadow work goes away because while ever we're focusing on someone else's insecurities, someone else's issues, like I said to you, like the example of religion, for example, the more that we're looking at other people's errors or faults or what we see as not being complacent or compliant, we're not working on us and we're not working on the true essence and the true value of us as a human being. We're not allowing ourselves to evolve spiritually, materialistically, egotistically, you know? There's all these different aspects to us as a, as a human being and instead we keep being defragmented. And we're defragmented because we're not looking at that shadow self we're not working on those issues. If we're someone who's nagging, controlling, we have vindictive behavior, there's all these types of aggression, as I said, bereavement, sadness, loss, joy, whichever aspect, whichever, you know, uh, psychoanalytic, uh, psychoanaly uh, I can't say it, psychoanalytical aspect of ourselves that needs looking at, we need to work on those traits. There are gonna be parts of us that are absolutely blooming amazing but there's also parts of us that need addressing as well. It could be that you've got fear, fear of loss, fear of love, fear of letting go. And we exhibit those in different ways to the shadow self, you know? Like I said, there's lots and lots and lots of analysis done out there, especially with Carl Jung. It's worth reading, it's worth looking into if you're into that sort of aspect of ourselves. But you know, it doesn't hurt sometimes just to take 10 minutes, 20 minutes out of your day, your week, just sit back, reflect, and look at a particular situ situation or scenario. I do this often, 
there'll be certain clientele that I work with, you know, and certain individuals that I'm supporting and helping. And there are times I have to take a step back and I have to meditate for two, three days sometimes. I have to reflect. And I psychoanalyze their um, characteristics even more so, you know? And I look at all aspects, all angles of that person's decision before I make a final outcome of whether I want to stay in that friendship or relationship or not. For me, I have to see someone willing to make change, willing to move forward, willing to strive to be a better person. If you're gonna be stuck in the negative traits, then I can't be with you anymore because that negative energy drains me, you know? I'm like a sponge, I'm an empath. So for me, I have to have that positivity around me. I can't deal with the toxicity. There's certain people that I will help and I will support, of course I will. There's certain people that have that toxicity around them and some of it can be managed, some of it can be changed and challenged, depending on the circumstances. But it's only when those individuals are willing to do that shadow work that I'm willing to stay. And that says a lot about me and my time, and it does with you. You will have people in your lives, as you're listening to this, you will have people in your particular scenario that you'll see that they've not really addressed shadow work. And you'll see some that will keep trying to shred and shred and shred their shadow work. They will keep trying to be a better person. They'll keep trying to be a walk, like I said earlier. And they're the people that you need to look out for because they're the people that are gonna turn into beautiful butterflies and they're gonna fly off and do amazing things. It's the ones that are stagnant. It's the ones that wanna stay sat in sorrow that unfortunately don't wanna move forward with their lives. They don't wanna work on the shadow cells. They don't want to improve. They'd rather stay stagnant, you know? And that's the thing about shadow work. All of us are at it at different different scenarios, different places, different, um, you know, momentums and different aspects of our lives. And it's all about us as human beings reflecting, trying to understand, trying to support, also maybe sometimes having to sadly walk away, okay? Because we have to look after number one, not in an egotistical, selfish way, but we have to look after number one. So that's shadow work in itself, wherever you are in that particular journey. As I said, there may be things that you need to look at yourself and meditate. There may be things that you need to change, or perhaps there's people around you that you recognize now. Hold on a minute, you know, I've tolerated too much from that individual. They're not showing me the same compassion and they're not showing me the same love and respect and it's time to walk away. And then there are others, like I said, that you wish to celebrate you know, and they're the ones that bring us joy. I hope that's been helpful. I'm sure it has been. We'll do other sessions, I'm sure, of psychoanalytical aspects. But it's interesting to sort of reflect and meditate and look at self. Wherever you are on your shadow journey, I wish you well. I wish you peace. I wish you blessings. I wish you harmony. God bless. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.